I'd really like just to commit. Hey guys, I'm welcome to the Tweet Coast Church podcast. So glad that you could join us. Now prepare your hearts for another inspiring message from one of the Tweet Coast Church crew. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just come into your presence now, Lord God. We have sung your praises, we lift you up and we've exalted you, Father. And we continue to invite your spirit to be here with us this morning as we share together, as we hear your word. And um, we pray your Holy Spirit will come, minister to us, draw us to you, Lord God. We pray, Lord, I pray for every person here today. They'll receive from you, Lord God, a touch, a word, a sense of your love. It'll just bring them closer to your plans, purpose and will for their lives, Lord God. I pray this time be a time of encouragement and growth and a time of glorifying the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, I just want to share something. And this is Pastor John came to me a couple of weeks ago and said, look, you know, I'd love for you to, to share a message on this Sunday. And to be honest, my first reaction was, uh, and he's such an encouraging pastor. He said, don't worry, John, that's the way I feel every Sunday when I'm thinking about my turn to preach again. I said, you're such a humble man, thank you. But um, ever since that point, he's given me a, um, we're going to continue sharing about the Honor Series, and he's given me um, a passage to to head with in that direction, which we will be doing. But since he asked me, and every time I've sat down to prepare, the Lord's laid something on my heart. And I've, you know, I feel I can't just brush it off and say, no, but Pastor John O said, here's the verse, and this is where we're going, which I will, you know, I will go there. But I just felt I just wanted to start now by just, you know, sharing what God has put on my heart because I sense that, you know, for me, as much as anyone, there's going to be people here, it's just going to be something again, that moment, it could be that moment when God comes and unlocks and releases something in your life. So, you know, I just want to be honourable to God in that and just step out and just share that. Now, it's really was confirmed last Sunday, we had Pastor Byron and he was preaching about the servants with the ten minas, minas and... Um, that's the same chapter where a verse that the Lord had laid on my heart was from in Luke 22. So the story of the ten miners is about, you know, God places in each and every one of us spiritual gifts. He gives us abilities. He gives us gifts of service for the edifying of one another, for the building up of the church, for the glory of God. We're all part of the body and all those gifts are meant to enhance, to strengthen to grow and bless the body and be a blessing to God and to one another. Now, I just, you know, this is is where I get to the sense that sometimes the biggest battle we have in our lives, in our faith as Christians, it's all up here. It's in our thoughts. It's in our feelings. It's in our emotions, you know. Who has ever felt a sense that maybe God wants you to do something, but, oh, God, I don't... I don't pray enough for you to do that for me. I don't read the word enough to be used like that. You know, surely there's someone better than me that you could get to do that. Surely I'm, you know, I've got too much baggage still that I've still got to deal with. You know, I've still got to get myself right. And, you know, we, we talk about the, the armour of God, you know, the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. That's what they are. They're fiery darts of the enemy. Yeah. They're doubts... Their fears, they're not faith and life that come from the word of God, our Father. And so 
even to the next level. For me, you know, I've struggled with this at times too. Um, but I've learned over years, God has done some amazing things in the way he's used me in my life beyond what is what the world would see as should be or is normal for someone such as me. I'm, you know, I'm not real bad or anything, but God uses clay vessels. You know, he uses those who will say yes, those who will say, I'm going to listen to the word, I'm going to listen to faith, I'm going to listen to life, I'm not going to listen to the doubts and the fears that will hold me back and draw me back, not just from my own growth, but from the growth and extension of his body and kingdom on earth. So, as I said, you know, he can, he can use anyone. In Luke 22, around verse 40, Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. It's the week of the uh, crucifixion. And it's that triumphant entry where the disciples and the people are out honouring him, glorifying him, acclaiming him as the son of God. The Pharisees come to, the, come to Jesus and they say, stop, you must stop your disciples from worshipping you. It's blasphemous. And his response to them, have it right here, uh, 1940, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The stones. You know, in all my times of doubt, I've always had faith to believe that I have more capacity, more gifting and more anointing than a stone. (laughs) You know, even at my lowest. And so, you know, that's what I believe. So if we do just, everyone just stand up for a moment. I want everyone just to, you know, just bow your heads and close your eyes. What I want to do, I just want to pray over you. And if you want, you know, just for, if, it, if you want me to pray specifically include you, I'm going to pray for everyone, but if you're really sensing, you know, that's where I've been at, God. I've been letting doubts and fears or thoughts of what I was, not who I am, come between walking into that potential of who you have called me. Just give me a quick wave of your hand. Don't have to hold it up there for long. Just give me a quick wave. All right, let's just bow our heads. And I'm going to pray right now an anointing of the Holy Spirit, a renewing, not a changing. We don't change our minds. We change our minds, we can change them back. When they are renewed... By the Spirit of God, they are a new mind. They are the thoughts of God. We accept the newness of God's life in our thoughts and in our belief. You know, right thoughts, right belief, right faith. Heavenly Father, we come humbly before you, Lord God. You are a giver of good things, Lord God. You have done it all, Lord God, through the work and what you've done, the sacrifice of your Son, Jesus, on the Christ to the gifts and your Holy Spirit that you empower us to do your will in our lives, Lord God. I pray for myself. I pray for everyone here today, Lord God, where we have struggled at times with doubts and fears, Lord God, that are not of you. We rebuke them now in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Holy Spirit, an anointing that will bring life and freedom and truth, Lord God, and release in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Amen. Oh. It's so good. Sit down. Everyone take a seat. And, you know, when I pray, I believe. I just believe. And so I'm going to hear some of you are going to come up in a couple of weeks or so and you're going to say, hey, John, this has happened in my life. God has done this. I've come through here. So let's believe for that and let's see that and we'll expect it. I'm looking forward to hearing it. (laughs) All right. Praise the Lord. Now it's time to get on to a sermon. All right. Yes, that, that was. As I said, you know, I just really felt that was something. It's not very often that I get those senses, um, so I really want to respond to them when I do. So we've been talking about honour for the last few weeks, that series we've been doing. 
And I've sort of, when Pastor Jono said, you know, I want you to share this week, I've, I've been looking around Australia, looking around our society, our communities, and thinking, where do I see honour? Anyone, and this is pretty cool, you know, don't be embarrassed, there's never a wrong answer when you're talking to me, I'll make you look like a superstar. <laughs> so who can give an example where you would see honour in our society, in Australia today, where you might think that someone is honourable or where we even use the word honour these days? Yeah, Australia, Day Australia mm. we honour Australians of note. Mm. Excellent. Indeed. Anywhere else that you can think of? The Anzac Day, that's right. We honour those who have fought and laid down their lives for us, those who have given for us. Anyone else? Anywhere else? In court, I went to court once. Your Honour. Yep. Yes, you arise as they, they um, enter and leave the courthouse. It was part of my job, so it's all good. All right. Now, you know, so they're good and honourable things, but generally in everyday life, honour is very low level. You don't really hear it mentioned that much. You know, occasionally on certain situations you might hear someone say, you know, I'd like to honour so-and-so. But it's, it's very rare. It's not a very common thing. And again, through media, multimedia, the way of life these days, it seems that honour is all about who I will choose to honour. And that can be based on, well, what's in it for me? Do I really like that person? Do I like everything they say? Hey, are they good looking? You know, honour has been reduced to this self-centred, self-meeting of feelings rather than a position of respect. It's, um, now, politics. Now, this is, you know, scary ground. We're talking politics and honour. Now, there was a change, there was a shift in our political way of doing things in 2007. Who remembers 2007 federal election? Kevin 07. It changed. You know, he's like, I'm Kevin 07 and I'm so cool. I high-five kids at the local high school. I got me a Kevin 07 t-shirt. It's really hip and it's going to work. <laughs> he turned it into a rock concert. You know, I'm thinking, hey, we're looking to elect the next leader of our country. Now, that wasn't Kevin Rudd. Now, I personally know Kevin Rudd. I lived in his electorate. I was on a committee that he was chairing around the Southside Drug Initiative in Brisbane. And to be honest, he's a very intelligent man, but no disrespect. He's sort of nerdy, if you meet him, you know. <laughs> Yet somewhere, the media and his um, advisors said, you know, this is how we're going to run this campaign. We're going to make you so cool... And, you know, we're going to just make you dazzle and look, you look so bright that people are just going to want to, you know, let's go with the charisma. And as I said, that's not him, naturally. <laughs> but um, it goes to show it worked. You know, sure, there was plenty of other agendas and different things included in that, but they decided that, hey, this is how you get the Australian public's attention. You know, hey, where was the candidate standing up and saying, my word is my word? What I say I will do for Australia, I will do for Australia. I will put Australia before my party and my own self-interest. I'll put the good of a nation first. Where was the candidate saying that? You know, there, isn't, there wasn't any because they obviously made that decision that that doesn't work. You know, we don't have enough desire for esteem 
and honouring of people. And to be honest, maybe some people aren't honourable. So it made a, a real difference and I was thinking, well, what is honour? It seemed that, you know, the issue of honouring others and giving honour has gone the way of a lot of values within our society as it is now about, you know, well, I'll honour what works for me, whatever fits best for me is, you know, where I'll put my honour. So I thought, well, let's, you know, let's have a look at what the Bible has to say about honour. So I think that's always, you know, a pretty good place since we're going to be talking about honour and, and as Christians, why we honour. So that's today what I'll be sharing about, why honour. So I'm just going to read a, a paragraph here. It's from an Evangelical Dictionary of Bible Theology. And this is what it says when you look up honour. It's a social term describing how people within a society evaluate one another. Most occurrences of honour in the Old Testament translations of some form of kabod, which in the New Testament honour... Oops, sorry. Well, in the New Testament, the derivatives of temeo. These terms are generally used with reference to honour granted fellow human beings, though in some cases they are used to describe the honour a person grants God. The root of kabod literally means heavy or weighty. The figurative meaning, however, is far more common to give weight to someone. To honour someone then is to give weight or to grant a person a position of respect and even authority in one's life. A person grants honour most frequently on the basis of position, status or wealth, but it can and should also be granted on the basis of character. So you take all that into consideration and what's one thing that comes through, which I believe is the answer as to why honour is taking a nosedive in our society, one of the, excuse me, one of the largest sort of parts of honouring someone is submission. Submitting to that authority, showing honour by the way we position ourselves, by the way we have with our attitudes towards those in places of authority. So why honour? Honour is God's way. It is a godly thing. It is ordained by God and has been in the, in the word of God. We'll have a look now. You know, we'll just have a look. Let's, let's start say, with governments. We, we had a bit of a talk about government there at the start. So we'll look at a government perspective from the word of God. So uh, Romans 13... Um, we'll go one to seven, but I'll just—I won't read the whole passage. I'll—I'll I'll, um, just have a little paraphrase here. So let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. There is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. We'll jump down to uh, verse six and seven. This is also why you pay taxes. Oh, it's gone very quiet. Um, For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe them taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. And if honour, then honour. So we just look in those verses and pull out some of the key principles that were communicated there. There is no authority except that which God has established. So, you know, we honour the fact that that is an establishment that is set there 
by the Lord. Um, exist, they've been established by God, so consequently who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, what God has put in place. So, you know, God has created spheres of authority within human government, within the church, and within the home. And these positions of authority are to receive honour implicitly. So it's positionally. It's not necessarily because honour has been earned already. It is God is saying, I've ordained and put this in place. I'm telling you to honour that. It is my work. It is my design. And it, sometimes it messes with our heads, you know. And that's where we sometimes walk by faith. Um, in some instances, God has commanded that we honour. So there's... Now, who's got a boss here? Anybody work? Got a boss? Uh, some don't work. John, he's got a boss. Um, <laughs> If your boss tells you or mentions something to you five times, what are you going to do? Pay attention, at least. Yeah, or do it. Now, there's, there's five instances that I've just pulled out in the Bible where this commandment is referenced. So we've got in Exodus 20, verse 12, Deuteronomy 5, 16, that's where you have the Ten Commandments. And it is this, "'Honour your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land.'" And the Lord your God is that the Lord your God is giving you. Now in Matthew fifteen four, Jesus is talking, asking the Pharisees about you know what are the what are the laws. Um, and God said, honor your father and your mother. Anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. Again, that's one of those ones we just skip over real quick. Um, <laughs> let's move right on. Matthew nineteen eighteen and nineteen. This is when Jesus was talking to a rich young ruler. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony. Honour your father and mother and love your neighbour as yourself. Amen. Ephesians 6.2, honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, yeah. so that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. It is also one of only two commandments where it has a uh, you shall, not a thou shalt not. So it's pretty important. It's been established in the principles of humanity through the Ten Commandments, been communicated to us in that way and attached with, you know, consequences. As we know now, we live under law, but the law... You know, oh, gosh, got that one wrong, didn't I? <laughs> we live under the covenant of love. We're not under the law. However, you know... Love does not say that the law is no good. But it is how we administer it, how we approach the law has changed. Now, so how, how do we honour? How do our lives honour someone like parents? Sometimes that might be, again, that word of submission. Sometimes it'll be, you know, verbally. We may honour and praise them for their, for their love and care. Um, sometimes it means saying nothing at all. <laughs> sometimes placing their needs above our own. And those that can pretty much be seen as you know, traits of honouring at any level towards anyone. Now, let's look at Jesus. Jesus showed honour when he went to trial. 
It was the Roman government and Jewish leadership who got together to make a way for the crucifixion. Jesus submitted. He said, I respect that authority. As we said already, you know, God the Father, he's put that in place. I will submit. I will honour that authority where he had a choice. Further to that, um, he honoured his father by submitting himself to crucifixion. Not thy will, but yours be done, was his prayer. So how's that for the ultimate in an example of submitting to the authority of a father figure? Now, I will just say one thing before I move on around this, because I know this can be a challenging situation for people when it comes to families. You know, and I can share first, first-hand experience. You know, sometimes our earthly parents aren't necessarily honourable. You know, I was raised in a loving, caring Christian family on my second go. Yeah. And, you know, that um, sometimes even honour and how we submit to that honour, you know, we won't be dishonourable, but we rely on Jesus Christ and his love. We can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. What is impossible for man is possible for God. When it was the same as when he says to love our enemies, you know, we can't do that naturally in our own strength. We can't just decide to love people who are hating on us, who are hurting us. And in that context of family, sometimes, yeah, we would still have that, that respect for parent figures in the fact that they are placed there by God. But sometimes, you know, honouring is having boundaries in place. It is removing ourselves from where ungodly or hurtful things have been done. We do not honour people's ungodly or dishonourable behaviours or attitudes or actions. So is that all good? Amen. And I do believe Pastor John, I said at some stage, he's going to share, well, you know, how do we honour those who aren't honourable? But I just didn't want to leave that there. You know, as I said, I've, I've been through that and so I have a heart towards that where people have had challenging circumstances around that. All right, so why honour? Because God sees us as honourable. So through the body, which is Christ's church, he sees every one of us as honourable. Um, so God takes what we see as the least and gives it great honour. First uh, Corinthians twelve twenty three to twenty six, and the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. So it's saying there, every part is honourable. And it's us who sometimes, it says there, the parts that we, not the God thinks, are less honourable. God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it. Not that they lacked it because he had less honour towards it, but because of how we see things through our humanity at times. Yeah. And here's the, the awesome bonus of honouring one another. Honour brings unity. It brings oneness. It brings never, 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 togetherness. <laughs> and as we know, you know, God is the one who draws together. God is the one who brings things into, brings into fullness and into completion. 
You know, he doesn't bring bits and pieces and parts. He brings wholeness. And so by honouring one another, we are bringing God's blessing. Because where there is unity, there is a blessing. You know, it's... And then we say, you know, we rejoice. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. I believe, and I feel, think about this, it's impossible to be in disunity or disaccord with someone that you honour. You know, if, if you're prepared to place them before you, it's going to be hard to carry a, a disunity with that person as well at the same time, isn't it? So why honour? So good. Honour is love in action. So good. Romans 12, 9 and 10. So the what? Verse 9. Love must be sincere. Sincere love. So the how. How do we show sincere love? Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourself. Honouring others is love in action. It's out there. It's showing it. It's real love. It's a love wherever rubber meets the road. It's not just, oh, I love you. See you next week. (laughs) You know, hey, I love you. Can I take you out for a feed? Hey, I love you. You know, are you okay? You're looking a bit down. Can I put my arm around? We can go and have a chat. Can we have a coffee? can be quite simple sometimes. Sometimes we think, you know, the great love gestures are the only ones that count. You know, it's the little, the smallest things that we do towards others that show love. Uh, sometimes we just overthink things, do we? Does anyone else do that? Is that just me? All right, let's keep moving. Matthew 25, 34 to 40. Then the kings, I'll read this passage, it's a bit of a passage here, but it's, again, it's just, I don't want to miss this. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison, you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothed you? When, when did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Ho ho. The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Wow. Yeah. Whew. When we're honouring one another, we're honouring people in their time of need. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are touched by God's word. If you would like to know more about Tweet Coast Church, please visit tweetcoastchurch.com.au.